You're listening to The Fit Female Project. I'm Maz. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to help every woman on her fat loss and fitness journey. We've helped hundreds of women who are desperate for results but don't know where to start. As your coaches, we use evidence-based facts whilst keeping it real so you can look and feel your most confident self without having to give up your social life. Head to our website, www.fitfemaleproject.com to find out how you can join our community. It's really, really good. Or check out our Instagram at fitfemaleproject. Now, let's get to work. And welcome back to Fit Female Project. This is your podcast for all things fitness and nutrition. And today we have a very, very special episode lined up. We're diving into a topic that's really, really close to the hearts of so many women and families. Um, And it's the journey of IVF. And joining us today as normal, (laughs) uh, is my amazing, amazing friend and fellow Fit Female Project colleague, Maz. Hey, Maz. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for letting me talk about this today. I've had such amazing support from the people that are already on Fit Female Project that knew that I was going through this. And then since I have had positive news, they've been so happy for me. And Chelsea and I have spoken about this a little bit about how actually so many people that we know have been going through this process and we just thought why not speak about it obviously my journey will be different to everyone else's but kind of opening the box a little bit on kind of the taboo of talking about it and just kind of sharing experiences yeah and thanks for like agreeing to share your journey um and You've had three three rounds of IVF, and that's led to the amazing, amazing news that you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Today I'm officially 15 and a half weeks, so I finally feel oh like it's God. real. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, but before we get into the details, Maz, can you give us um, a bit of a background about yourself and what sort of led you to exploring IVF? Sure. Um, So I met my current fiance um, on Hinge, like all great love stories in the 21st (laughs) century. (laughs) And I was 28 and um, he was 29. And I think a few months in, the conversations that you have at that age are very different to the ones that you have when you meet someone online at 21. (laughs) You kind of have to go into those topics of, okay, and um, what do you want from life? Because I know we're only six months in, but it's kind of important to know. Um, and I think we were both on the same yeah. page. We both wanted a family. And it's actually something that we discussed very early on about the fact that we actually would have to go down the IVF route. I won't go into specifics, um, but we kind of knew that early on we kind of made the agreement that okay let's do it that's I'm up for it if you're up for it we're in it together and so a year another year went by and then come September 2021 we went in for our first consultation and I was so excited and buzzing and excited about the process um obviously (laughs) a lot has happened since 
then and now. Um, but that was kind of the initial decision and um, agreement to go down the IVF route. Um, yeah, and I guess I was just very optimistic much, about the whole thing. How much did you know about it prior to, to actually starting? Very little. And none of my friends had been through it. I really didn't know anyone. Um, I, I knew a couple of friends that had frozen their eggs, um, which I think a lot of people are talking about at the moment um, amongst my, my current friends that aren't ready to have children. So I kind of knew that that topic was around, but I don't have any friends that have children. Even to this day, none of my like closest friends. Um, I have a couple that have got kids, but the majority of them are um, are still thriving, single or, or in, in couples and they're getting on with their careers. You know, I think that this day and age, it's very different. So I, um, I didn't really know anything about it. So I was really naive, to be honest. I did some research, but as I said, I was kind of very optimistic and hopeful about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And talk us through that first that first round. How how was it? How did you find it? And uh, what was what was the outcome? Yeah, so I was working at a um, a personal training studio at the time, and so I was still training people. And I think I went into um, the IVF process. We went into the first meetings. They spoke us through it. We were going to have to go through an extra stage, which was genetic testing. Um, and so we knew that the process was going to be longer and we knew that the chances were going to be uh, more slim. But in my mind, I was thinking, I'm young, I'm active, I'm fit, I'm healthy. You know, I've got every chance in the world here. and um, and I guess you, I was sitting in the, I remember sitting in the waiting room and a lot of the women being older around me and thinking, I've got this, like, I'm going to be fine. I'm quite resilient. And so, um, yeah, going into that first round, obviously you have these injections um, starting off in the evening and then they turn into morning and evening. And obviously I was working in this gym and I would have to be getting up at the crack of dawn. So it kind of, ended up me me injecting myself at 4.30 a.m. and then um, either my partner doing it to me in the evening or I doing it. And, um, and it was all a bit kind of, it's all a bit of a blur. I think I just did it feeling quite fearless about the whole thing. And I was like, I'm fine. Look at me. I'm indestructible. I'm working. I'm still on my feet for hours a day. I was super active at the gym, like really pushing for my career, trying to make it all happen at once. And um, and anyway, <laughs> so we went in for the egg collection. So you do these the injections for a couple of weeks, then you go in for an egg collection. And I was thinking might get like 20 eggs or something. I think I'd read on some forums. And I got wheeled out and I was um, still had the anesthetic and I was coming by and I was laughing away with Steve and I was like yeah I feel fine like we were laughing about it I was saying some silly things and um this woman came in and said I'm really sorry to say that we didn't get any eggs like zero and what had happened is that, that there's this a shock. final a sh- I could not believe it I couldn't believe it and the final trigger injection which releases the eggs for them to then collect that hadn't worked. It hadn't connected with my brain. Um, and so that was one round over. 
that was our first round done. Um, and so I was just devastated. And you find out you've got no eggs and you've been like really positive about the whole thing. How did you feel? Explain like in one word, like how, how you felt. I felt like a complete failure. And I think that's like a theme that ran through my two years. Because you do feel like you thought, I thought I was the vision of health. Like, why wouldn't it work for me? And so I felt like I'd failed. Um, and so I think it was just, a that was a case of right round one done. Now let's pick yourself up, get on with it. I was in a lot of pain the, the couple of days after the air collection as well. And I felt like I'm in this much pain, but I didn't get anything. So it wasn't worth anything. So I, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that it, I felt a bit frustrated and, I mean, you asked for one word, but that's kind of um, the emotions that I went through after that. But that was like, I was quite determined after that first round to be like, I can do this again. Let's go again. Let's try again. Let's try and work out what happened, like what went wrong. Um, So obviously my partner is incredible um, and was just so supportive throughout the entire process. but yeah, so I think that was that was kind of round one summed up, really. Yeah, I think as well, like you as obviously I I know you as a friend, but from working with you, you're very very you're a go getter. You're a hard worker. I think as well from being a a performer, you're, you're um you put everything. You've had like a very successful career. And that's from working really, really hard. That's ingrained in you. And it's like, if you want something, you go get it and you can do it. And I think that's probably how you felt in that first round. But then not being in control of that, even if you work really, really hard, must have been really frustrating for you in particular as well, I think, because you're used to putting your mind to something and getting it and then with this it was like no I'm trying everything I'm doing it but it's not working it must have been very frustrating yeah that's such a good point the whole control thing because it's completely out of your control there's nothing well actually there are some things that we'll talk about that I kind of implemented which helped my journey but essentially it's kind of the luck of the draw how your body reacts and some women get very lucky and they get pregnant straight away. And then some women have to go down the route I did. And some women have tried for years and years um, and don't even know that they have to go through IVF. So it's um, it's probably the most frustrating, one of the most frustrating things about being a woman is that you can't control your fertility very well. Um, and yeah, I struggled with that as well, definitely. So... You've come out, you've felt absolutely awful, you're in a lot of pain. How long did you wait until you were like, right, I want to do this again, come on, let's go? It took me like a week until I was like, let's contact them, say that it didn't work, book in a second cycle. <laughs> it was so a week. determined, a week, yeah, it was like that. And, and we 
we contacted them. But the thing is, they've got these huge waiting lists because so many, you know, NHS is in so much need, obviously, as we know. And also there are so many women out there that do need help and support through this. And so it's really long. So even though you want to go straight away, you have to wait another six months or so until you can start your next cycle anyway. Um, so I guess that gave me time to mentally heal as well and then go again um, for that second round. Um, which and was which was the second round? Did you make any changes to to your? Did we? Did you change um, what you did from the first round? Were you like, did you do some research? What What did you do? Mm. Yeah, so that round, I kind of spoke to um, a lot of people that were with me. I mean, actually, at yeah, the gym that I was working with, I was working with really smart people that knew a lot about physiology um, and kind of the stresses on on your body that might not have been helping me. And so <clears throat> my manager was fantastic and we spoke about it. It was very open and we managed to kind of work out my schedule so that I wasn't doing crazy early mornings um, all the time. And I wasn't um, doing back-to-back sessions and my workload was decreased. And then that, so that second round in total, that was it was better. They got, um, they got some eggs and we had an one after genetic testing, we ended up with one embryo. And again, that was like a bit of a defeat because I thought, oh my gosh, we've got one chance here. Um, and so they made that, they, they did the transfer and I had a few days off work and then I went back to work again and you have to do this test after 12 days and I did the test before I went into work that morning and it was negative. And I was again devastated, but I had a um six thirty client that I just had to go and and he was like a client that knew everything and he just looked at me and I just shook my head. And um and he, we didn't say anything more about it because I was like he knew I was gonna go. Um so that was that was round two, and um, to be honest with you, after that round, I was like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this again. This is a lot, um, yeah. And then <clears throat> we go on to round three, um, which uh, that is when I decided to make the biggest changes. Um, so I, um, I actually left my personal training studio my job I was like if I am gonna go for this for one last round we were like let's just try one more time then I need to give myself the best chance possible I need to take any extra stress off my body um I need to scale back my training so I went down um to shorter sessions maybe three sessions a week cutting down my step count from about 20,000 a day to about 10,000 a day and making sure that in my diet, I had loads of healthy fats. I would increase my calories to make sure that my um, body was a, a kind of a better starting point. Um, so I had some more body fat on me. And that is when 
I start, we started Fit Female Project. That was, we actually started six to summer because I left and that's when Chelsea said, oh, do you fancy doing a little thing together over, over the summer? So Chelsea and I started yeah. working together and we did our second, we did our third cycle and I hadn't really told anyone about it. Um, I was just kind of over it in my mind. I was like, well, this isn't going to work because it didn't work last time. It didn't work the first time. And, um, they did the, we ended up with one embryo again and they did the transfer. And then two days later, um, we went to Albania on a little road trip and there was sunshine. We were eating gallons of olive oil that was doused in all of the stuff. And, um, we were walking with fresh air, relaxing, reading, swimming in the sea. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but I think probably because my body was in that state of just calm, relaxed. And we did the the test the day that we flew back from Albania and uh, it was positive. And uh, it was just like <laughs> one of the best days of our lives because, yeah, we couldn't believe oh. it. So, yeah. So it's a happy ending oh. in the end. I <laughs> Okay, time for a quick ad break. We want to take a second to talk to you about our next project. We are now accepting new clients for our next project, which starts on the 1st of January. If you've been listening to us and thinking about joining Fit Female Project, then there's never been a better time to start than the first day of 2024. We want this to be the last diet that you ever, ever do. So take action now and head to our website to secure your spot. We're warning you, spaces are filling up fast. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I remember you um you were we were deciding, you were like, Oh, I don't know whether to do it while while we're away, whether to test when we're away or whether to do it when we get back. And I just remember thinking, how could you like I'd have to know straight away, you know, like but I understand why you would be like, No, let's wait. But when you then said, No, we're gonna test and then when I got that picture when you sent it over, we were just like <laughs> it was the best the best but I also think as well like we we were setting up the next lot of clients um one day and I was talking to you and your boobs looked really big like they were and you just huge. I just looked and I said to Shane I was like yeah I was like I feel like Maz is pregnant like but obviously we can say that to you and then oh it's just the best the best so incredible incredible news how how did that feel yeah it felt amazing but also the fear then suddenly hit of like oh now I need to keep it and like I think that that's underestimated from like not spoken about because everyone I've spoken to that has been through that first trimester or at least like the first six weeks really six to six to ten weeks the constant testing and the constant fear of is it still there am I still pregnant and um because we went through IVF yeah that seven week scan so we we could see um but yeah I think that it, it quickly flipped into protection mode of how can I protect myself yeah. and I, I only did yoga and I only walked I wouldn't even <sighs> do anything that I know safe because I, in my head I was just so that was my number one priority just to not 
put my body under yeah. any extra strain. Yeah. So now with you like with this amazing news, how has your perspective on uh training and nutrition evolved like during your pregnancy? What what have you um changed at the moment in terms of yeah, your food and your training? I think it's made me assess like the cost benefit of being like shredded because it's difficult you'll know this Chelsea it's difficult as a personal trainer because in reality people stay with you when they love learning off you and they know how much value you can give them but the instant buy-in is from the way that someone looks the majority of the time especially if you're working online let's face it we'll scroll through something and we'll see someone with like a six pack or shredded and think oh they they must know what they're talking about let's go with them I I can look like that and um <clears throat> I think that that was always on the top of my mind whereas now my my whole ethos has changed towards right how can I be healthy and I mean healthy as in hormonally healthy um like all my bodily functions in an optimal optimal state and that might mean that I look slightly softer which is ridiculous for me to say because I know that I'm still in a, a incredibly small body but my my perspective of what is health and what is um desirable has changed so interesting and I do think as well it's 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 been funny seeing it from the other side as well like when we've done our shoots or like when you've you know you're such a trooper we did our fit female project photo shoot when you were like going through you were going through your IVF and you were like you felt like absolute shit shit and there's us like I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't fit in. Uh, I remember just feeling like a stuffed sausage in all of these clothes. And I, I mean, you were amazing because I kept saying to you, I hate it. I hate looking at myself like this because it felt so far from what I imagined myself, what I've always seen myself looking at. But I just felt bloated and everything, you know, was sensitive. And my boobs were like ginormous. And um, yeah, but I think... It's, yeah, it's moments like that where when you're in a career like ours, that it's really hard to go through something like that when all eyes are on you and how you look all the time. Yeah, but it's also funny as well because what we perceive as like, you you perceive as shredded and that optimal, like low bad body fat percentage, whatever. Like I actually, and I think that lots of our listeners will probably agree, like that's not, desirable for a lot of women and that isn't what lots of women actually want to look like they don't want to look like a bodybuilder or they might not want to look like a super low body fat percentage some of them do just want to fit into their size like whatever jeans and fit into their clothes and feel healthy and feel sexy and that sometimes is desirable as well like our vision is different to to a lot of women's yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And that's probably one of the biggest shifts. And 
that's why I just love what we do now. I just, it's so much more aligned yeah. with everything that we believe in because we've, we've done it. Like we've yeah. been there. And yeah. then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what message or advice would you like to share with a woman who might be going through a similar journey to you or considering IVF? So I would say, firstly, don't think of it as a taboo subject. Speak to your family and friends. They're going to be so important. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because during IVF and during your first trimester of um, pregnancy, everyone says, oh, keep it to yourselves. And I'm like, yeah, but when the worst happens, that's when you need your friends. That's when you need people that you love to pick you up and say, you got this, let's go again um, and be there for you. So I'd say, yeah, lean on people that you love. Um, make sure that your body, either way, whether you're kind of training super hard um, or whether, and it's not happening for you or whether you are um, unhealthy and severely overweight and again it's not helping let's um try and optimize your body and your health and make sure that you're fit but you're not pushing yourselves to the extremes because actually uh, the majority of the time that's not going to help you um and then actually have something maybe more important for people that our friends, because I think maybe people listening to this might not be going through the journey themselves, but they'll have friends that are like most, most of us know friends that are going through IVF and the most unhelpful things you can say during this time are comments like what's meant to be will be everything happens for a reason. Um, it will all happen in the right timing because at the time it does not feel like that. You just want to, you want to scream when someone says that because what's meant to be will be if it's right for you or happen for you. And you want to scream, are you saying it's not right for me? You're saying I don't deserve this. Like it's, I think that people are being trying to be kind, but actually sometimes all you need to say is that is really shit. And what can I do? Can I do anything? Or shall we go for dinner? Like, shall we do you want to chat it out? Do you want to just leave it? I think don't try and make it better <laughs> because sometimes yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't help. Um, sorry. And the last thing I'll say to anyone that is going through it is something that I found quite helpful is I reached out to a couple of people, like friends of friends that had been through IVF, um, just to help me understand, especially after my first two top tries didn't work. I reached out to them and I said, is there anything that you did that I wasn't doing? Were you kind of eating anything? Were you, um, were you doing anything in specifically that helped your, your journey? Because that also gave me a little bit of something to focus on. And even if a lot of those things are placebos, it kind of makes you feel like you're doing something proactive to help. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my main advice. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice. And just, yeah, speaking to other women, I suppose, that are going through the same journey or have been through that is really important. And I also think we have to take responsibility um, 
and well done to anybody who's listening to this podcast that maybe hasn't gone through IVF or isn't thinking about it or um, doesn't know anybody that has gone through it. You you just listen to this and learning about it because you never know. Like, hopefully you don't have to go through that, but we are having babies later in life and maybe we are, a lot of women are um, needing some help with IVF. So I think it's important. I think you've taught us a lot so thank you for that um and I think that I I actually have a lot of guilt because I have another one of my really close friends who went through IVF a couple of years ago and I actually didn't understand it didn't know anything about it and just thought like she was just it was quite I, I didn't know how horrific it was and she actually got upset with me um because she felt like I hadn't been there and I thought oh my god but I don't understand I don't get it and then from learning through you and seeing you go through it um and then we went to like this Korean bingo event when she was back not like from she lives in New York and uh, we went to a Korean bingo night and was drunk and I cried to her I was like I'm sorry I wasn't there for you <laughs> she was like I was like Mazda told me what it's like and I wasn't a good friend she was like babe it's fine <laughs> but it just shows that we should take responsibility and learn and understand it um, and it's people like you talking about your journeys and you don't know you could be inspiring so many people um so and I'm sure you'd agree that um Maz you've you've been incredible you're so 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 inspiring and you are an absolute machine like a perfect example of how strong and resilient uh women are the fact that you were going through that and then turning up to work and training your clients and doing that 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 is the reality of a lot of women's lives yeah that's the thing as well is like during the whole process no one can put their lives on pause so we just have to do it we have to just get through it and um yeah you just never know what people are going through but if that is you as well then please please reach out to me because you might not know anyone that's done it or going through it and I am really here for chatting about it (laughs) I am yeah I think that everyone needs someone to speak to so please yeah do reach out if if you need some guidance or want to chat yeah well Maz thank you so much for sharing that amazing journey and we're so excited for you my pleasure and thank you for being such a wonderful friend during the whole process you've been a little pillar of support (laughs) so um, I appreciate it I can't wait, and I'm loving all the pregnancy content as well. All the, all the like showing your 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 food and your your workouts. So it's it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Right, I shall. Uh, I'll speak to you in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interviewed you. I'm just, just, trying to think of something like cool to say like as if you were a special guest but I'm like yeah we're gonna get off this speech in a second yeah okay I have an amazing rest of your day to whoever's listening and please let us know if you've enjoyed today's podcast take care everyone thanks for listening bye bye Thanks for listening and choosing us as your coaches.
If you want to join our next six-week project, head to the website now for more info. You will not regret it. Bye.